from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good, good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. We are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and X. Thank you all for being here so much this morning. We really appreciate you all. We've got a packed, packed show this morning with a lot to talk about. I hope everyone had a good, relaxing weekend and you're getting ready to kick off this week because I know getting ready for the show last night, this morning, kind of going through things. We're really seeing 2024's total threat landscape take shape. What that means is as you're getting ready to break off for the holidays, as you're planning for 2024 it's time we do some recalculations we'll talk about that here in just a moment first of all if you haven't gone to our Substack yet exclusive content on our Substack, you can go find it out jamesazar.substack.com or you can google the cyber hub podcast there on Substack or ciso talk you'll find them all there also if you support us on Substack, we send you one of these awesome travel espresso mugs it's great for traveling with espressos or just a little cup of coffee keeps it warmer for longer which is something you wanted in espresso because it's an eight minute drink so without further ado i've got my real double espresso here coffee cup cheers y'all brilliant for all of y'all tuning in this morning let's go ahead and kick off this show with the mongo database uh, breach that is now being disclosed as a malicious hack of its corporate system warning that customer account metadata and contact information was part of the stolen beta data sorry This was a short notice posted over the weekend by the New York-based MongoDB saying they detected suspicious activity on December 13th. They now say that government, um, sorry, that customer data has been exposed. In a notice to customer CISO over at MongoDB, Lena Smart said the company was not aware of any exposure of data uh, to its, to that that stores customers uh, in its flagship MongoDB database Atlas product. Nevertheless, they recommend to stay vigilant. However, some reports are now saying that there is data, customer data was exposed. So what does that mean? Still remains to be seen. Um, Primarily, I think what we're seeing is that this MongoDB issue is is, is actually going to, over the next several weeks, is going to prove to be a lot more complex than what a lot of people think. First of all, if they were able to get access to customer data and customer credentials, potentially, then they've got access to your database. If they have access to your database, then we have some serious issues. And if you do that, that's a significant challenge for so many, right? And that challenge is is, is going to be if your data was exposed, if they were able to exfiltrate your data or connect it somewhere or build backdoors into your database, well, we understand the challenge of that, and this goes to supply chain integrity over and over and over and over again. We are all reliant on the people that help us and help our business do business. And so the security is not an individual sport. It really is a team sport, and it's across teams, right? It's a national sport um, in, in most cases because you're relying on these folks. And that's Part of what we're seeing here with the MongoDB, and as more information becomes available over the next few days and few weeks, we'll be sure to give it here as well. 
Um, Iran's been hit by a massive cyber attack that's paralyzed all of its gas stations. This is uh, being reported as of last night. The attack has uh, has essentially uh, hit around 1,650 petrol stations that were operational at a 3,800 total. It's around 70% of the petrol stations um, being disrupted in Iran. Um, Iran state news media is uh, said a group called uh, Joneski Darndi or Predatory Sparrow has claimed that it was behind the dis- uh, disruption. Israel has also reported, uh, Israeli uh, news outlets have also reported the same uh, there as well. Asked about the cyber attack, Israeli government spokesperson Tal uh, Heinrich uh, told a press briefing that they have nothing to say about Iran's claim. These guys are uh, associated with Israel, just so you know. Israel, Iran's Civil Defense Agency, who's responsible, said it was still considering all possible causes for the disruption as it investigates. A major cyber attack in 2021 also disrupted the sale of fuel, causing long queues at stations across the country where pump prices are heavily subsidized. Iran has said Israel and the U.S. were the likely culprit behind the attack, and cyber attacks in Iran are a sensitive issue, especially given stock snap. So you can obviously see that this is going to have some sort of... Uh, likely escalation here in the types of attacks and specifically and the reason i say that by the way is this if you look at the geopolitical map since october 7th and since that terror attack by hamas and israel what you're seeing is kind of that that balance switch there right and that, that switch is the fact is that iran's kind of sitting behind and they're letting hamas hezbollah and a lot of their militias do the work including the houthis in yemen now disrupting global commerce which is going to have some impact uh it, it's it's reported that uh secretary of defense austin is going to declare a a special operation there in order to enable free commerce um there as well so this is all kind of brewing into something greater in that regional conflict and this is just an opening shot per se Kraft Heinz the ketchup makers and the cheese makers are reporting that uh are being reported by the snatch ransomware group as being a victim of its uh ransomware attack in a statement issued on thursday Kraft Heinz said they're investigating the claims of a cyber attack that occurred several months ago this is being claimed that they've hacked these guys in august of this year but it's currently unable to verify claims their internal systems are operating normally they currently see no evidence of a broader cyber attack of uh craft heinz is one of the world's biggest food and beverage companies roughly thirty-seven thousand employees worldwide they own more than 20 brands including craft heinz boca burger uh, gavilia uh, grape coupon oscar meyer philadelphia cream cheese primal kitchen and wadi's the snatch ransomware operation has been around since 2021. It's targeted various types of organizations in the U.S., U.K., France, and India, including in critical infrastructure. They typically encrypt files on a targeted organization system. They also steal data that they threaten to leak. But for this one, uh, that's still unverified, so it's unaware of what's going on there. In the spirit of supply chain, business communication company 3CX is urging customers to disable their SQL database integration to prevent a vulnerability that occurs in specific configurations. The security advisor, which was published on Friday, the company revealed that 3CX versions 18 and 20 are impacted by an integration bug. Only a quarter percent of our user base have a SQL integrated. It's an old-style integration meant for an on-prem firewall-secured network. Nevertheless, if you are using 
the SQL database integration. It's subject uh, potentially to a vulnerability depending upon the configuration according to 3CX using MongoDB, MSSQL, MySQL, or Postgres SQL databases should have disabled their SQL integration until further notice. And this is a precautionary measure while they work on a solution to safely re-enable this uh, integration and follow the instructions below to disable it. You can see all this in the show notes, by the way. The supply chain attack like this one has led to malware being pushed uh, across many of those. More than 600,000 companies worldwide use the 3CX VoIP software solution. So this does have a wide range. A quarter of a percent of them is still a lot of customers and still a lot of companies. Cubot is back in Adam. They're once again distributing phishing campaigns after the botnet was disrupted by law enforcement over the summer. And again, every time we see this, we celebrate it, but understand the celebration is short-lived. You never catch the entire gang. There's always someone out there that's going to keep it alive, someone who's going to take advantage of the fall of some of the guys that were arrested and some of the systems that were taken taken down, but they have still some access to that code. And so now it's coming back up again. This was in August, a multinational law enforcement operation called Duck Hunt accessed the the, uh, CAC bot admin servers and mapped out the botnet's infrastructure. They gained access. They took it down. Well, now it's back. Microsoft is now warning that the CAC bot is being distributed again in phishing campaigns, pretending to be an email from an IRS employee. And that's specific attached to the email as a PDF file, pretending to be a guest list and says document previews not available. It'll then ask him to download it. Once it does that, it downloads a DLL into memory um, and a malware. And then it starts running in the background there with a campaign code TCHK06 and a command control servers at several different IP addresses. Most notably, the deliverable payload was configured with the previously unseen version of 0x500. Microsoft tweeted indicating the continued development of the malware even after it was taken down. So this malware is significant. It's targeted banking. It's targeted critical infrastructure. And now it's back at it. So just because something is taken down, and I think this is really important to to kind of internalize as practitioners, just because something is taken down doesn't mean we take it off of our list. Understand this is universal in nature. Whenever these things, whenever law enforcement takes something down, someone else is going to take it. And six months, a year or two later, it's coming back. And it's going to come back with a vengeance. It's going to come back improved. And if you take it off, if your uh, SecOps aren't paying attention to it, then you, you're you going to fall victim to that as well. The SEC rules for public disclosure come into effect this morning. The SEC in late July adopted a new cybersecurity incident disclosure rules for public companies, require them to disclose any material breach within four businesses of discovering that the incident had material impact. And again, they kind of leave that a bit out there. They're now issuing clarification over the weekend about what information must be disclosed. Eric uh, Greeting, who's the director of the SEC's Division of Corporate Finance, clarified that the final version of the rule is more fo- rule, sorry, is more focused on the material impacts of an incident and requires less information compared to the initial version. Companies are specifically told that they do not need to disclose any specific or technical information about their incident response systems or potential vulnerabilities if that could impede their incident response and remediation process. The commission thus balanced the need for disclosure with the risk that disclosing specific technical information could provide a roadmap for threat actor that threat actors could exploit for future attacks. Uh, public firms uh, have to report these within four business days of discovering them. And there's 
there was a request for delay. There's a lot of pushback on this rule, by the way. And this is one of those things where this is not going to stop a breach. This is not going to increase security spending. This is going to increase cost, which is going to translate to a whole lot of different things, right? You've got to report within four days, meaning in, in, at the CISO and legal level and the board level, you're more concerned about reporting it than actually handling the incident. You're going to have your other teams do that. You're trying to gather a lot of information within four days that you could potentially need to share because you're not sure what information is going to be legit and not legit. And if you're a CISO or if you're a legal counsel, if you're a board, how worried are you about what you're disclosing? And at some point, is that going to lead to legal action like what we saw with SolarWinds? and their former CISO, Tim Brown, right? Like there's a lot of different aspects here that come into play with these rules. And all they do, by the way, is we've seen threat actors actually utilize these rules to report that we breached a company. They didn't report it within four days, SEC. Go investigate them and find them. If they're not going to pay us, then we're just going to be spiteful. There's got to be a better way to do this than just all of these useless rules that do nothing. All this is doing is it's not helping the companies. It's not helping the defenders. It's only helping the betters on Wall Street. It's only like we have yet to see a company go out of a public company go out of business because of a data breach. So I'm still trying to understand what this means. I'm still trying to understand what's the point of this rule because I don't see it. I don't. Uh, I'm having a hard time realizing unless someone is boarded the SEC and they were like, we should do something about this. And this is the best idea they could come up with. CISA on their end is is urging manufacturers to get rid of default passwords on internet-exposed devices altogether, citing that the risks that could be exploited by malicious actors to gain initial access and move laterally with an organization. This is coming after the Unitronics incident with water facilities that threat actors affiliated and associated with the Islamic Revolutionary Guard of Iran uh, are exploiting OT devices due to simply having the default password to gain access to critical infrastructure systems. And this, again, goes into the idea that when you're installing these devices, you ought to be changing the password right off the bat. If you can't, then you shouldn't be buying the device or you should be putting it behind several layers of security in order that no one can get access to it, meaning uh, a singular uh, a VPN tunnel, something along those lines. But system for their end are stating the obvious, I think, which is don't use default passwords like 11111 or password or admin or so many others. So. There's that. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern live right here on your favorite social media platforms where you can catch us. Go check out our YouTube, by the way. We know that our LinkedIn, uh, there's days where you get notifications, days you don't get notifications. The one solid place where you can get notifications from us is either our X X account or YouTube. That's where we see the biggest consistency of alerts where notifications actually do appear. Go check out our Substack for all the latest and greatest. Until then, Welcome to Christmas week. It's bound to be a crazy one. Everyone's in a rush. So slow down, pay attention to things. Threat actors are counting on our human mistakes. It's a great day to send an email to people in the organization, letting them know, hey, we know it's a short week. We know you've got family coming in later. We know you've got all these things planned, but please don't just click stuff. Please don't just take people's word on it. If anything seems fishy, double check, hang up, do the work you do. Um, so do that. That's it for us this morning. Again, we'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. here with all the latest and greatest. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, y'all, stay cyber safe.
We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. 